I had this whole plan, like, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do, you know, on Pinterest, when it's like, get it done in three days. I was like, here we go, guys. This is what we're going to do. And my my stepdaughter's mom and my husband wanted to do more child-led potty training. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was the only one angry. Not, they weren't angry. They were probably looking at me like, she's stupid. We told her what we wanted to do, and she just isn't listening. And... Mm-hmm. And, and obviously my stepdaughter thought I was stupid. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Because you're silly. What are you doing? Hanging out. What you doing? I am introing the podcast. I am so glad Thanksgiving's over. I'm so thankful that Thanksgiving's over. Yes. I'm thankful Thanksgiving's over. It's too stressful, even when we try not to make it. Yeah, it is stressful uh, watching you watch me cook. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got you the ingredients from the grocery store. At least you didn't have to go to the grocery store. That's true. You did. You did a lot. I know. I always do a lot. All right. So what's coming up next? Christmas time. Yes. Let's talk about Christmas briefly. Unless you're one of those that don't do Christmas. That's true. We have several in our Facebook group that don't do Christmas. I don't blame them. We should not do Christmas. So for y'all that don't do Christmas, you don't have to listen to this part. Just (laughs) fast forward until you get to the interview. No, they don't want to do that because they want to hear what we got to say. We hope you do. So Christmas. Mm -hmm. The schedules get all mixed up. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have their kid Christmas morning because every year they flip-flop the weeks before and after based off of even number and odd number years, and it's hard. It is. So one thing that I did was when Jackson was little, when I would get him back Christmas Day at 2 o'clock, that would be our Christmas Eve. That way I could still have Christmas Eve-type traditions with him. Yeah. I mean, people get hung up on the you know, Christmas day and I get it, but you know, you can always do it some other time. We've done it a week before Mm -hmm. or the weekend before, or we've done it before Christmas. We've done it after Christmas, but I mean, just when we could get everybody together. Right. I used to be the same way. It's like, no, I've got to have Christmas morning or I've got to have Christmas Eve night or whatever. Then after a while I was like, why What? why does it matter? Um, I raise my kids. If you got kids in the car, cover their ears right now. Yeah. Warning, warning. Do not <laughs> let your kids listen to this. Uh, okay. You got three seconds. Two, one. Okay. I raised my kids that there was no such thing as Santa Claus. And yes, you can throw stones if you want to. <laughs> but I just refused to go down that route with them. And so it was never an issue. So I didn't have to worry with how am I going to explain that Santa Claus showed up you know, somewhere one night and then a week later showed up here. I didn't have to deal with all that. Or the next night, because on TV, they only have the Santa tracker one night. I know. Once again, they should have the Santa tracker two nights for blended families. I know. Two weekends in a row. Two weekends in a row. (laughs) So anyway, I didn't have to deal with all that. For those of you who are curious, my kids turned out absolutely fine knowing the truth about Santa Claus. That's true. And I remember you and I talking about it before we got married because... Jackson was about that age where he could start believing in Santa Claus or couldn't. 
But he's a smart kid. I mean, at the age of three, he was like, man, there's them Santa people everywhere. Mm -hmm. So he knew that something was up. And I just never told him that Santa was real. In fact, I told him he was fake. Good job. Yeah. Well, now St. Nicholas was real. I think (laughs) I did tell him that story. But the whole, you know, Batman with the white beard going around giving everybody presents. mm -mm, No. Yep. It's just a choice that we made to not not do it. And it's... um... I mean, we got met with some pretty mad family members and friends. And how dare you steal Christmas from them? I'm like, dude, my kids are Christmas joy. My kids are just as happy as anybody else Christmas morning. The magic of Christmas. (laughs) Remember, the kids would say, Santa Claus came today. Talking about Ed, the UPS man. Yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. But the funny thing was, like, we would wake him up Christmas morning. And what would we say? Santa came. Santa Claus came. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, so we went through the, all the motions. They just knew the, the it truth about it. They yeah. just knew the truth about it. So, and it didn't mess anything up. No, but we had to threaten them not to tell your nieces. Oh, yes. Lord have mercy. Don't because tell I, anybody else. I think at, till the age of 13, they believed in Santa. I think they still do. Well, I wasn't going to say that. But, <laughs> but here's the thing is, do they. Quote, quote, believe because they think that's the only way they're going to get presents. I think they believe because they don't want to hurt their mama's feelings. Yeah. That's probably a lot she's, of it. She's a Disneyland She's mom. a Disney freak. Yeah. She's a Disneyland mom. Disney World mom. But now they decided not to spend as much on gifts as they used to for the kids for Christmas and take that money and put it towards trips. Like they're going on a cruise, I think, in May. And I'm sure they'll go to Disney at some point throughout the year. I think it's a great idea because now you're spending money on experiences that enrich your life and give you memories as a family and all that kind of stuff versus stuff that most people want to take back the next day or whatever. I mean, half the stuff people get, you know, you don't want it anyway. Yeah. We were talking about that at work the other day and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I know that people at the office, there's going to be at least one, if not all of them, they're going to buy everybody a little something. And so you have to do it too. And it just cracks my nerves because I'm like, I don't want to go buy them anything. And well, here's, here's my thing. If I'm going to spend 10 bucks on you and you're going to spend 10 bucks on me, just keep your money, tell me Merry Christmas, and we all good. I know. And it's, and it's not that I don't care about people. I get I don't get frustrated with buying them stuff. I get frustrated because they bought me something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I just, I just don't like it. I don't like any of it. Um, well, sometimes it is frustrating to try to figure out what to buy somebody. And remember, we had that Chinese gift-giving thing at your mom and dad's, and I thought I'd came up with some killer gifts for under like 10 bucks. I think that was what our goal was, mm-hmm. or maybe even 20 I can't remember. And out of the seven gifts that I bought, everybody liked one. Mm-hmm. And they made fun of my other ones. <laughs> and it hurt my little feelings. And then Papa re-gifted his to somebody. That's the whole beauty of it is re-gifting stuff that you don't want. Yeah, you just got to make sure that the person that bought it doesn't know about it. Like, he re-gifted it to somebody in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute, too. It was a toilet coffee mug. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then, uh, like, foot-long Snickers bar. That reminds me. <laughs> I hate to even bring this up on the podcast. Uh-oh. I'm but scared. We have to find my grandmother's false teeth. <laughs> Because it's the gag gift that we can't find. You had them last because they came in the clown that I got one year. So my grand 
my grandmother passed away and like four or five years ago. Yeah. Somehow I, my mom or somebody ended up having her false teeth. And so that was one of the gag gifts that got passed around. <laughs> For and Christmas. we never find them at Christmas, but we'll find them like in March. And then we're like, we've got to put these up. So we'll remember to give them to somebody for Christmas. And then we lose them again. Yeah. Yep. One year I got, um, what was it? Oh, I got, I got a plate that had a, a president on it or something like that. Wasn't there like toilet paper that was had that one time? Like whoever the president was, it was toilet paper yeah, or Chia so. Pet. Yeah. It was like everybody went crazy that year with the president stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Because, yeah, you know, funny. anytime you start getting into politics and that's, you know, gets people r- ruffled up. Well, if for people that don't know what the Chinese gift thing is, basically every person that's going to be involved brings a gift. And usually there's a dollar amount set, you know, anywhere five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. And they can be good gifts or gag gifts. Of course, it's easier to do gag gifts when it's five bucks. And I heard, I heard somebody calling it like a white elephant. Yeah, I've heard now. that too. Like, I'm like, I don't know where that comes from, but. Well, the way that we play is everybody gets a number. You draw a number. And number one, of course, goes first. And number two, when it's their turn, if they if they want the gift that the number one person picked, they take their gift, and then the number one person gets a different gift. And you go through the line, and then at the end, the last person can take anybody's gift, of course, but then the first person can still go back and take anybody's. Yep. So number one gets to go first and last. Yeah. We did have it one time um, that I played at work where the second person could, um, like, you just, it kept going. It kept going. We we couldn't figure out what we did wrong, but <laughs> we couldn't get it to stop. And so everybody's passing around this stupid Rodney Dangerfield thing <laughs> that talked. So, I mean, after an hour, we're like, okay, it's got to stop at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens is, is if you don't set the rules first, then when somebody takes your gift, then you take somebody else's gift, and then they take somebody else's gift. And I remember one year we played, and you could do it like you could take somebody's gift up to twice or something like that. Right. But Yeah, and you're right. It took like an hour to play the game. And then you have it where some people, if I'm number two and I want number one's gift, that I pick the present number one gets to open. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, set your rules first if you're going to play. But look it up. It's really fun. We have a blast with that. Yep. Last year, um, some people got um, incontinence products. <laughs> yeah, and somebody always has scratch-off tickets, lottery yep. tickets. Lottery tickets. Those are always a big hit. <laughs> yes, lottery tickets are always a big hit. And then your uncle had the poster made up of his face that yeah. one of the kids got one year. Yeah, that was uh, like a magazine cover yeah, poster. Yeah, like whatever his name was, was in Time Magazine or something. It was hilarious. So we still have that. We need to re-gift that this year, too. Yeah. Well, one year there was like a picture of him sitting on a toilet that went around. <laughs> that does not surprise me. That was another thing that they used to do is take pictures of each other or something and do like blow-ups of them and make them look crazy and then put them on keychains and yeah. give them around for Christmas. Well, one year um, my uncle had he had had a motorcycle accident, and they had taken a picture of him in the hospital. <laughs> and, you know, he's all road-rashed up and – high on morphine or whatever they gave him. Anyway, they took the picture of him and just cropped out his face, where his face all road rashed up, and they printed it on a pillowcase. There you go. (laughs) Stupid stuff like that. I'll tell you the best one, though. The best one was um, 
when the smartphones first came out, like, you know, everybody was going from the flip phones to the smartphones. Um, my cousin had, he worked for a place that had the little dummy smartphones, you know? So it looked like, you know, it had the little sticker on the front that made them look like they were on, but they weren't, they didn't do anything. He took the dummy phone and packaged it up and gave it to my sister. No, excuse me. Gave it to his sister. And she like was so mad because she opened it up and thought that she had a, a new smartphone. <laughs> and so she takes it out and she's like pushing the buttons and she's like, this thing don't do anything. And, and everybody's every, laughing. And everybody started laughing because everybody knew what was going on. Dude, I mean, she like literally walked out and left the party. <laughs> she, she was mad. She and remember, so mad. I, was it, she not the same one that got tricked with the lottery ticket? Yeah. The fake lottery ticket? Yeah, yeah the lottery ticket that. She know. left in too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because every lottery ticket was a winner. But it was fake lottery tickets. <laughs> yeah, she thought she'd won, and she found out she didn't, and she was mad. <laughs> so that's something fun you can do at Christmas. But let's talk real fast about the Christmas struggles of what you get the kids, what you don't get the stepkids, especially if you're not showing. So what we did, I think, worked well, which is we, we picked an amount of money that we would spend per kid, and then you bought presents for your kid, and I brought presents for mine. And I mean that was pretty much it. It was so it was simple. You just stay in that that price range, and then you buy whatever they want to buy. And if I wanted to buy like little reindeer mints or little stocking stuffers, a lot of times I would do that because I wanted to. I enjoyed yeah. doing that until I would find all the crap I bought in the stockings upstairs two years later untouched. Yeah, most of that stuff. That's what I'm saying. A lot of the stuff you get the kids, it, it ends up in the trash. And it wouldn't matter if their dad bought it for them. No. Right. It didn't matter at all. But, you know, people get so crazy about buying so much stuff this time of year, and it just makes it even more stressful. And please do not go in debt buying Christmas. Well, another thing that we did, too, which is too late to to give this as a tip now, but I would actually have the kids turn in their Christmas list in August. At the end of August, you had to have your Christmas list turned in. I thought it was September, but that's okay. Go ahead. No, September... It's when, when, I, when I started. Well, September is when I started looking because I wanted to know what they wanted, where did I could I find it, how much did it cost, and then from September um, through Black Friday, that's whenever I had my um, I, my shopping. And I can decide, you know, where do I want to buy it, when did I want to buy it. Some some things were cheaper before Christmas, some things were cheaper at Black Friday, whatever. But by the time uh, Black Friday hit, that that day was done, I guess, by Cyber Monday. All my Christmas was done, completely done. In yes. some cases, I was even done by the end of October. But um, And that lowers your stress. Completely. Oh, yeah, because I'm done, completely done. Everybody else running around last minute trying to get stuff. I'm like, Mm-mm, not me. Yeah, unless you've got family that at the last minute goes, hey, we decided we're going to do the Chinese gift game. Yeah, that's why they have Dollar General. <laughs> yeah, Dollar General is awesome. But, yeah, so – yeah, you know, keep your stress down. I mean, remember this time of year is supposed to be, you know, fun and and family. And if you don't if you don't do anything but get together with family, that's okay. That if, is what you're supposed to do. And if you don't get along with your family, it's okay to not go see them. <laughs> that too. Seriously. Yeah. But if it, you know all you're gonna do is fight and everybody's gonna be miserable, just say, ah, we're gonna nacho Christmas with you this year. Yeah. And look, when you've got step families, and there's a lot, a lot of times you're not the only step family in your family, 
And so trying to get everybody together at the same time is doggone near impossible. So if you can't make a party, then you know what? It's okay. And if you have to go see other people after the holidays, then it's okay. Do the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And with my schedule, you know, we flipped every, um, the weeks before and the weeks after Christmas. And we always go to your uncle's the night of Christmas and do like a soup thing and play pool, shoot pool, whatever you want to call it. And, um, do the Chinese gift giving thing. And and we have a lot of fun and I'm not going to lie and say it was easy when my son wasn't with us those nights because it didn't, it sucked, but I didn't sit there and pout the whole time. No. And you didn't stay home. Like I'm not going, it's not my family. Right. Go and have fun, which I mean, honestly, I would have went without you. I've left you home because that's what you chose to do. And I wouldn't have made a big deal out of it. I wouldn't have been like, Oh, you piece of crap wife. (laughs) You know, you didn't go with me. And I mean, does it look bad? Yes, it it probably does look bad when you go to a party and you don't and your wife decides not to come because then everybody's like, well, was she too good for us or blah, blah blah. But you know what? You just you just go and you don't worry about it. And most of the time, people just go, okay, she decided to stay home, mm-hmm. no big deal. Um, she must be in one of her moods. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't make a big deal. And that's the big thing. If you don't make a big deal out of it, then most people don't make a big deal out of it. Right. You know, it's like, where's Lori? Oh, she stayed home. Okay. That's it. Now, if I would have been like, oh, let me tell you what happened with Lori. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She said she didn't want to come up in here and see you Yeah, then that would have been the talk of the night. So, you know, it's just easier just to give a quick answer and move on. Don't address it anymore. Yep. All right. So that's our Reader's Digest spill on Christmas. We will talk more about Christmas over the next few weeks, though. Yep, we will. I will tell y'all a secret. What's that? My favorite Christmas song. Um... You want your two front teeth back? No. Um, a hippopotamus for Christmas? I want a hippopotamus <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> I love that song. It's awesome. Uh, and I remember as a child, we listened to Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. What's that other one that we like so much? It's about... Marlboro cr- Lights. Yeah, Christmas with the family or something. Yeah, it's like the redneck Christmas thing or something. Yeah. I, I can't remember now. It's... Uh, Tim somebody or Earl somebody. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we have to find it. It's hilarious. I think it's called Christmas Christmas with the family or something like that. Robert Earl Keen. Yeah, I knew it was Earl something. Robert Earl Keen. Right. What's it called? Merry Christmas from the family. Merry Christmas from the family. So, so guys, you, you have got to, um, you've got to look that up on YouTube and, and watch the video. It's hilarious. The song is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, we may even put a link at the bottom. All right. You ready to get into today's well, show? hang on. I want to tell them some of the lyrics because it's funny. <laughs> it starts off with mom got drunk and dad got drunk <laughs> at our Christmas party. Yeah. And we we had a redneck Christmas not long after Lori and I got married. <laughs> he ain't kidding, y'all. There was a fight. We had a fight. A family fist fight. A <laughs> fist fight between like a... Two adults, but one of them was almost seniorized. <laughs> He's like in his 60s. 60s. Yeah. yeah, 65 or so. He's like in his 60s, and the other kid's like 25. 30, yeah. <laughs> they and they were fist, fist fighting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then I remember David said that his mom or somebody said, um, worried about what I thought about it. And he said, oh, I don't worry about that. Their family fights every Christmas, too. <laughs> 
I didn't know what to say. I was like, good grief. It's true. I've got some stories about me and my sister fighting. Oh, Lord. Yeah. We used to do fireworks at Christmas until we caught the neighbor's ditch on fire one year. <laughs> we used to shoot fireworks at each other from the bottom of the driveway and the top of the driveway, bottle rockets. Oh, yeah. Until it got somebody's coat on fire. Oh, yeah. We did that all the time. Yep. Okay. Anyway, we have a guest today. Her name is Emily. She realized that she was overstepping in her stepmother role to the point where she was forgetting who she was, and she finally hit her breaking point. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to Emily. All right. Well, before we do, let's hear a word from our Christmas sponsor. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we want to welcome Emily to the podcast. Hey, Emily, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Tell us a little bit about your step family dynamics. How many step kids? If you've got bio kids, um, how long you've been blending? Those sorts of things. All right. Um, so I'm 23. I'm a stepmother of one very sassy four-year-old daughter, a stepdaughter. Um, I currently don't have any bio children. Um, I've been blending. It seems like forever because <laughs> I feel like blended family years are longer than real years <laughs> but it's only been uh three years now um yeah I guess that's it wow you know I think you've got a good point there that blending years they add up to more so basically if you've been blending three years it's almost like dog years it's like 21 <laughs> exactly <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a hard road, isn't it? Yes, it is. Or you were a stepdaughter too, right? Um, I'm actually the R's baby in my family. My mom's a stepmom. Um, from my dad had a son from his previous marriage, and um, they they were the primary custodial, or however you say it, um, for my brother when he was nine years old. Um, we have a 16 age year gap. Wow. So, yeah. So we've been doing this for a while. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yep. Six. So your stepbrother is 16 years older. Yes. Wow. Do y'all talk? Uh, currently no. No. Is it because it just, I'm just curious. Is it because of the age difference or y'all just never really bonded kind of thing? Um, I think we both got different dads. When our dad had my brother, he wasn't in um, as happy as a relationship as he is with my mom. And I'm not just saying that because my mom's awesome. <laughs> He'll but tell she you that. Is, though. <laughs> she is. Um, and so when my parents had me, um, my dad was ready. My mom didn't actually want kids. She It was my dad who was begging her to have me. So he was more ready. He was more hands-on with me. And I think um, that and the fact that my brother's mom and my dad are just very toxic together. They never had a good um, co-parenting relationship. I think that kind of affected me and my brother's relationship. But when I think I was about 15, my brother actually, he moved out when he was 18. And then he moved back in with my dad. 
um, and my mom. And we had gotten closer for a while, but then something, we had this fight and I don't really know why a fight, it like was a little thing and it turned into a big thing. And it kind of, that's why I know that like a lot of the reasons we don't talk sometimes is because we got different dads and I think he still has to process that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense though. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's nothing that like, my dad, did, my dad didn't do it out of like, you know, to be rude or anything, but he, he's the first to admit it that he was a way better dad to me. And he was, he was actually ready to be a dad when it was with me, when I came along. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I know we um, talk a lot about our kids mm-hmm. and the differences with the blend once you have an hour's kid. But it's kind of hard, I guess, to compare that or discuss that with your situation because there was such an age gap, too. Um, yeah, it is a little different. But I think, um, like, my parents, I don't know, I think they did a pretty good job where growing up, I didn't really see the awkward blend. Like, I didn't see a day as like, oh, this is a transition day. It was just like, oh, my brother went to his mom's house, like. There were times where my mom always made it so like there were times where we were a family of three and like that was comfortable. But then if we were a family of four on a random day, like that was also comfortable. There wasn't ever any awkwardness. Yeah. And that's good, too. I know with my son, before David's kids left, they um, would be every other week. Mm -hmm. So Jackson was an only child every other week. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see how things were different those weeks. And it wasn't um, that it was really a bad situation when they came. It was just different. And it took yeah. it took us a little while to adjust because, of course, there were four of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, it's a you big know, adjustment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's funny because having one child, things, I mean, he can be rambunctious, that's for sure. But things are, for the most part, quiet. Or you only have one child screaming at the computer game instead of five. <laughs> so definitely an adjustment. Yeah. So how are you doing with the blend with your stepdaughter four? So she was one when you came into her life? She was 10 months old. Oh, early. Yeah. Um, this year has been the hardest for me, I think, because my husband and her mom have 50-50. And they have like a really awkward schedule. So it's... Um, we had her Wednesday, Thursday, Sundays, and they alternate Saturdays. So we see her pretty often since day one. Um, so her and I were always, I guess, pretty close. And this this year, she's four now, so she has an opinion. And, you know, um, mommy and daddy are more important than, you know, her stepmom, which is totally cool. It's just different. And I think... This year has been a lot of adjusting for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out this schedule, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, mm-hmm. and alternate Saturdays. Yep. Well, I guess that's not too bad. I know a lot of people, um, well, I've heard a lot of people do like every other day. So the kid never gets like where they're stable anywhere because they're one person one day, the next person the next day. Our transition days are always rough here. So I could not imagine doing every other day. Do you think that it would be better if they did one week on, one week off? They both have talked about it and neither of them want that. Um, I would like that, but uh, it might be better for her. I don't, but it also might not be because she has separation anxiety from 
my husband, not so much her mom. And oh. we, can't, we can't really figure that out, but it's so bad some days. She's a daddy's girl. Wicked bad. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh. I'm a daddy's oh, girl. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, my husband, if you look at the, he obviously has like the gender reveal uh, that they had for her. And when the pink balloons came up, he was mortified. He was so upset. And we have been talking about trying for our own child. And he says that he wouldn't mind having a daughter because he likes how obsessed they are with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I know when I found out that I was having a little boy, the lady that um, was doing the ultrasound or whatever, she said, little boys love their mamas. (laughs) Does she live close to y'all? Yeah, she lives five minutes down the road. We live in a small town in Massachusetts. Okay. We could ride a bike there. Well, that's good, though, because you don't have to worry about when you've got the daughter transporting her 30 minutes out of the way to go to school and things like that. Yeah, I could not imagine. I When I read like about other stepmoms who have to even, I have a friend who has to take a plane ride to see their kids. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine that either. It's like a disconnect. I, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine. Yeah. If you ask my stepdaughter, like, where's home, she'll say, like, both mom and dad's. And I feel like that must be heartbreaking because how can a child feel like they have two homes if it's so far away? Yeah. Very thankful we don't have that. We have our own set of issues, but I'm glad we don't have that one. Yeah, me too. My son's dad lives about probably 30 minutes away from me. But, you know, I have full custody and he gets him every other weekend. and a week during the summer, each month, and Christmas for a week or something. So he doesn't really have to worry about taking him to school. I don't know that that would be an option, really. Yeah. So do you deal a lot with um, the bio mom, or do you pretty much just stay away from her and let your husband deal with that? Um, I think it depends on the day, to be honest. Um, I think it depends on the day, what I'm doing, Um my husband is a stay-at-home dad because he's um, disabled. So most of the time, like, he is, um, he's the one talking to the bio mom. And, and also that it's that way because I learned my lesson from overstepping on everyone's toes when I first became a stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to pick my battles, I guess, like if I'm annoyed or something. Or most of the time, it's my husband forgets. And I think that's why in the beginning, especially, I always just did everything because it's like, it's so frustrating to be like, oh, well, what's happening this day? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But now I try not to do that anymore. Yeah. Women seem to, um, we seem to be on top of things. Yeah. I think it's like the June Cleaver in us. Yeah. Something. I don't know, because um, I see a lot of times that, Step, I mean, the bio dad, he has no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. And he doesn't, re- not saying this with your husband, but a lot of them really don't care to. Yeah. I, when I first, when I hit my breaking point as a stepmom, cause I was just doing everything and uh, I kind of like forgot who I was, I would say. Um, there was a time where I think I said to my husband, it's like, you don't e- you're not even the dad. And he said, well, you haven't been letting me be. And that was kind of a huge wake up call. Like, so thankfully I don't have a husband who didn't want to be, I was just overstepping and wasn't letting him do his thing. I want to talk about that for a second. I know a lot of us come in and whether it's the 
back in the day, we're so used to women doing everything. Um, you know, it's like we kind of steamroll the dads. And yeah. I, I know a lot of times it's because we see the issues with the stepkids before they do. And they are more tolerant to their kids' behavior than we are because they're not our kids. So we're like Johnny on the spot. The kid does something wrong and we're like, stop doing that. Whereas he didn't even have a chance to see what happened. Yes. The the other issue I know in my situation is that um, my husband is, I'm as sad as it says, is he's technically living on borrowed time. Like he wasn't supposed to live past his first breath. So when he was growing up, he was either in a hospital or someone was, you know, being more lenient to him because he was sick or, you know, or just, yeah, because he was a sick child. So sometimes, uh, and like, I come from a very old school family where, you know, my dad's an older dad. So, you know, he was scared of his parents and things like of that nature. And I feel like it took me a while to to figure out that he, it's not that my husband's a bad dad. He's definitely not a bad dad at all. It's just, we, we just have different values. We have different parent ideas of parenting. And mm-hmm. I think that was also a big thing. Um, at first I thought like, oh, this bio mom, she's an awful mom. And it's not that she's a bad mom. It's that her and I just, we just do things differently. And I think the hardest part of this stepmom journey is my, it's not my way or the highway. It's, you know, these two people have to come together and figure out what they want for their child. And I just have to back them up. And right. And I think that's really hard for mom, for stepmoms, because I feel like a lot of us are very, like, I know I'm a very blunt person and I just say it like it is. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard for me to just um, bite my tongue. There's probably so much scarring on my tongue just from biting it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, stepmoms are probably going to have to have tongue surgery at some point in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Oh you go to the dentist and they're like, oh, I can tell you're a stepmom. You're like, how can you tell? Because your tongue's all bit up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> so your significant, or your husband, I was going to say your significant other, but your <laughs> husband um, was raised completely different than you. And then oh. on top of that, he may have guilty parent syndrome. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like the difference in how y'all were raised probably impacts his parenting or lack thereof, whichever, mm-hmm. because of how he was raised more than the guilty parent. Exactly. And I feel like no one, like, you know, when you're in high school or whatever, and you're like, oh, one day I'm going to have this big house and a happy family and a husband. You don't ever take into consideration that that person was raised completely different mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they're going to come into this with different ideas. You know, um, I always say like people, everyone before they have kids say, Oh, well, my kid will never do that. And then you come into like a step parent role and that kid is already doing that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us like just freak out and we try to fix it all. When in reality, like we just kind of have to learn to just go with it. Right. Because we didn't break it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. And you also made a point too. um, about you reached your breaking point and forgot who you were. Let's talk about that for a minute because I know that this happens to a lot of stepmoms, but it also happens to a lot of people that just get married. They 
get married and then their focus is completely on their husband or their home. And then the next thing you know, they just feel like that that's all they do. And they're no longer the person they were, the independent person they were before they got married. Mm-hmm. And so with a stepmom, we come in and you're taking over the cleaning, the cooking, the, you know, scheduling things, doctor's appointments, running the kids here and there and all this stuff. And you do, you lose who you are. Yeah. And it was, I think it also impacted me so much because my husband and I had, we got married on our one year anniversary and I had just turned 21 and I had just graduated massage school. And I feel like There was just so much new and my parents had also just moved to Florida. So I felt like my world was in shambles and I clung on to the one constant, one thing that would always be constant was my stepdaughter's need for parents, I guess. Um, And I just let it consume me. I didn't go. I wasn't a normal 21 year old. I didn't go out. I was at home teaching a kid how to, what color blue and red were, you know, things like that. Um, And even on the days that we didn't have my stepdaughter, I was either working or I was thinking of what we were going to do the next day when my stepdaughter came back over. Um, And also when we got married, we were getting ready to go to court for the first time because my husband and bio mom didn't have any custody arrangement. Um, So I just, everything was all over the place. And all of a sudden I found myself in like this very dark place and I was exhausted. I didn't know. I, I didn't even know what made me happy anymore other than, you know, being a stepmom and being a wife. But obviously that's, there's a whole lot more to me than those two things. Oh yeah, definitely. I see um, people that have been married without even kids and they go, something happens and they're getting separated And they are so lost because they've gotten rid of all their friends or just haven't talked to them in years and just made their marriage their complete focus. And it's a good thing to make your marriage a priority and your focus, but you've still got to be able to keep yourself alive. Yeah. My husband and I, we constantly say like, "Uh, I want you, but I don't need you. And I feel like when I was was drained, I guess, of only being a stepmom. It it got to the point where I it scared me because I it was almost like I didn't want my husband anymore, but I needed him and I didn't want it to be like that. My husband and I, you know, we're we always say we're best friends first and we're lovers second. And I felt like at that time I didn't even like him. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to leave him, but I was just so lost that I, I don't know, everything was just so confusing. And it took a while for me to kind of like ground myself and figure out what I needed as a person and not as a wife, as a stepmom, as a massage therapist, whatever I was doing. Yeah, you can't lose that um, individuality or that part of you, like you said, it's not, it's not healthy, I guess I would say, for you to need someone else. Exactly. And no, granted, I mean, yeah, I need David in certain ways. You know what I'm saying, but yeah, it's um, like I told him the other day, I think it was a podcast recording we did. I was like, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'm done (laughs) uh, kind of thing. And I was like, because I'm not taking somebody else's crap on. (laughs) 
I say that all the time. Yeah, but you know, we don't need each other as much as we want to be together. And we enjoy each other. And we know, I mean, God forbid, if one of us drops dead, the other's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, I think when people, uh, like on social media, you hear a lot like, oh, put your marriage first. And that is so important. But I think people forget like, yes, you need to put your marriage first. You know, um, that should be your foundation. But also, you know, you're your foundation as well. And I think a lot of people forget uh, to look in the mirror and love that that reflection. Oh, I just thought of a good analogy. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Your foundation has bricks and mortar. Mm -hmm. If the bricks are weak, the mortar's not going to do any good. If the mortar's weak, the bricks aren't going to do any good. Oh, that was a good one. That was. I'm impressed with myself today. Kudos to you. Yeah, watch out with that one. We're going to have to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) You deserve a cocktail after that one. Yeah, I know. But it's it's true. You can't have um, somebody that's always pulling all the weight. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. That's not a relationship. Yeah. I say all the time, you know, a relationship isn't always 50-50. Some days, you know, your partner needs you to be pull a little bit more weight but you can't be con that person can't constantly be pulling more weight than you and I think a lot of people forget self-care they forget you know how important you know they are to their own marriage as silly as that sounds no it doesn't sound silly at all it um it's true and we've got the stepsons of course and Let's see, the oldest is 20, yeah, and the triplets are 19. And I try to tell them, you don't want a girl in a relationship that brings you down. And when I say that, I mean somebody that they're always having to lift up. Exactly. And I think they're finally starting to understand that a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm like, you, you don't want to be with somebody that's needy, where if you don't call them every day at a certain time that they freak out. Yeah. Before my husband, well, I guess a little ways before him, but I was in um, a very toxic relationship and it takes so long to rebuild yourself after something like that. And then you realize that like, you know, the partner for you is not texting you all day. And I think that's also the problem with, you know, 2019 day and age is everyone's constantly talking. Everyone constantly knows where you are, what you're doing. And I just think people think that's normal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a time where you can be alone. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, if somebody sends you a text, if you don't reply in like 17 seconds flat, they send you a message with like a question mark. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah. The technology has made it where we expect people to be at our disposal instantly. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. That's not how it's supposed to be. No, uh, David and I were talking about the other day before cell phones, you know, how in the world did we ever live? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you know, it's where you have one home phone, you have to share it between two other sisters (laughs) and your parents. And And if someone was on the phone, you couldn't be on the internet. Right. Yes. Well, you're still a baby, so you probably don't remember all that stuff. I do remember that because I had an older half-brother. He was always on AIM. (laughs) So you had to boot him off to use the phone? I had to talk to my second-grade friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so funny. Now that now they just Snapchat each other or whatever they do. Yeah. Let's talk about toxic relationships for a minute. I don't know that I've addressed this on any of the podcast, but I too was in a very toxic relationship with my son's dad. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where there were times that I was like, wait a minute, how did he convince me? That I was the bad person. Yeah. If, for instance, if he was out of town and didn't call or something, it was like I was the bad person because I wanted him to call me. And then it was, well, do you want me to call you because I want to or because you want me to? And then you're like, huh, well, um, if you don't want to call me, then we've got an issue. Yeah. I was in um, uh, in my toxic relationship. It was like if I wanted to be like hang out with anyone else, it could be like one of my girlfriends or whatever. Suddenly I was the worst human being on the planet. So and I think I think like toxic relationships, as much as we grow and we try to like and we think we've overcome, especially when, you know, you meet like someone like David or my husband, like they're complete opposite and you think oh this is going to cure it all and then but sometimes thoughts like that or like you know the way that person felt almost lingers in with you and like you start to second guess it and then you feel like a super needy girlfriend or something because you need them to say like nope that's not what's happening here (laughs) everything's okay yeah my ex was the opposite he wasn't very controlling um I don't know that he ever cared what I did It was toxic in the way that um, there was a cartoon that was on the refrigerator and it said, assume I love you, Loretta, unless I tell you differently. Oh, that relationship would not work for me. Yes, that that was it. And it was one of those things. Well, you know, you're living in my house and that shows I love you. No, that doesn't. That shows that you want me to take care of stuff when you're out of town. <laughs> yeah. So you want me to water your plants? Yeah, <laughs> feed the horses, whatever it is. I am thankful for that relationship, not only because Jackson came from it, of course, but mm-hmm. it helped me to appreciate David so much. And even before David, after Jackson's dad and I split up, there was a list I made of things I would not tolerate in a relationship, period. I no made yet. a list like that too. And number one was have kids. So I don't know what happened to that list. I heard someone, uh, their goal is to be a stepmom in life. And I was like, you are nuts. Who is that? They live on Mars. <laughs> um, one of my friends, a mutual friend. It's crazy. She just told me the story last night. Okay. Well, you need to get her to contact me. I want her on this podcast. <laughs> I I need to talk to her first. Like, girl, you need to get some good running shoes and just pull a forward Forrest Gump and keep running. Yeah, I don't um I don't know that I have ever heard that. I can't say that that was in my dreams at all. <laughs> yeah, it was not on the to-do list. <laughs> no, my list was um things I would not tolerate and things that I wanted in a person. And it's funny, um, I did want somebody with kids only for the simple fact that I needed them to understand that as a parent, there will be times that my child will come first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got it. I got it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Quadruple time or whatever you call it. You're like, I was just asking for one. (laughs) Yeah, but then I think about it, and I wonder if I would have married somebody that only had one, if I would have had another one, because I loved being pregnant. It was like the best time of my life, and yeah, um, yeah, it was crazy. I know that's kind of a weird thing, but not as weird as the, I want to be a stepmom. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it, um, yeah, I just, I loved being pregnant and, you know, just me and my little baby and stuff. And then I think if I would have married somebody with maybe one kid, if we would have had another one, we would have had that hours baby and his, her, his, mine and ours. And Mm -hmm. that causes a lot more issues. I see people say, what do you think it's easier if there's an hours baby or it's harder? I think it adds a completely different level to the whole situation. It makes some things easier. It makes a lot of things harder. Yeah. I think um, from my own experiences, I think it does add, it adds another level of difficulty that it doesn't make you better and it doesn't make it worse. I think it's just another challenge. Right. A friend of mine um, had a child and then she I forget how old this little girl was when she got married, maybe 10. Her little girl was probably 10. Mm -hmm. And then she had another um, little boy. And she told me that she felt horrible for her daughter because her daughter was seeing them play happy family with this kid. And her daughter never had that. Yeah. So, I mean, there are, there's so many levels to it. And um, I remember when David and I got married, Jackson would always say, do you love him? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you love me? And I'll be like, yeah, of course I do. And he's like, who do you love more? (laughs) And I mean, to explain that to a four or five-year-old. Yeah, that's got to be hard. Yeah. And I would say, I love you differently. And he would say, no, who do you love more? (laughs) And I'm like, you, dude, you're half of me. He's like, all right, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you see it all the time, too. The You're supposed to love the stepkids like your own. And... (laughs) It's hard um, for people to understand sometimes that that's not healthy for the stepmom to have that pressure, but it's also not healthy for the bio kids. Yeah. My kid would be devastated if he thought that I love David's kids like I love him. Yeah. I also think it's a little easier for a stepmom to feel that kind of love when you're like me. And I met my stepdaughter when she was 10 months old. I never heard her first word, but I've heard, you know, everything pretty much in between. I was there for her first steps. I've literally been there for every single birthday party she's had. There's not much that I've missed. So I think it's sometimes it's easier for people with younger um, stepchildren to feel the the love like your own. Like I would, I would take a bullet for that little girl. Yep. And, but at the same time, my mom met, my half brother when he was nine and he he already made the decision that like this was my dad's girlfriend my dad's wife whatever at the time and I'll put up with her but that's about it yes and my mom let my brother lead their relationship and I think that's kind of like I said in the beginning um this year has been difficult for me but I'm trying to be like my mom whether she needs me as more of a mom figure, I'll be there. If she needs me as more of a best friend figure, I'll be there too. Right. Yeah, so. you definitely. Um, we were talking about that um, the other day about the importance of letting the kids lead the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to bond with them and they're not ready, you're just going to push them away. And I think then it starts, you start to get hurt feelings where I think a lot of times it's almost like stepmoms. And I don't want to sound like I think all stepmoms are just awful because obviously we're not. But some stepmoms almost forget that 
children are still people and like they don't need to love everyone they don't need to everyone you know there's always this one person that we just don't like for some reason mm-hmm. and that person could be their stepmom is that an ideal situation definitely not but you know it happens and that's ultimately their right to choose who they want to love and who they don't exactly exactly and you're right um the younger the kid it's definitely a different experience because you can love a sweet little baby, my gosh. But, uh, you know, nine-year-old standing up looking at you like they're going to spit in your face, that's a little bit harder to love sometimes. Yeah, and and it was a little easier with my brother, too, because my brother didn't remember his parents together. My stepdaughter does not remember her parents together, and she obviously will never, will never remember. Um, and I think if a child remembers their parents together – that's definitely something else you need to consider. That's another factor in their how they're going to feel about you. Right. Jackson's dad and I split up before Jackson was born. So Jackson has never known us together. And like you said, I think it's easier because he doesn't have those fairy tale dreams of I miss this and I wish my parents were back together. Yeah. Like um, my grandparents have divorced before I was born. So they both have, you know, boyfriend and girlfriends or whatever, and it doesn't bother me. But I'm sure if I saw my grandparents together, it probably would bother me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. My mom and dad um, split up. Golly, it was um, the Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. How ironic. The Thanksgiving (laughs) before Jackson was born and the thought of them being with somebody else bothered me. Yeah. Because it's like, that's my mom and my daddy. But no, granted, I wanted them both to be happy. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you were probably older to rationally think that. Like a a seven or eight-year-old can't really think that way. Yeah, that's true. I I see, too, a lot of um, parents will say, or step-parents will say, well, my significant other still goes over to the bio mom's house for Christmas morning so the kids can... (laughs) Uh, did you just throw up (laughs) (laughs) a little bit (laughs) but yeah so the the bio dad will go to the bio mom's house for Christmas morning so the kids can open up all their gifts from Santa or whatever and they can play happy family and I think that's the worst thing in the world that somebody can do I my stepdaughter's mom and I have a good relationship like we're We actually are all going to Disney in January, all of us together. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have matching t-shirts, you know, pretty much the Facebook post, (laughs) blended family post. That's going to be us. Um, But I would not make other people gag, girl. (laughs) I know. I know. It's fine. But it's like you can get along and you can do what you think is best for your stepchild. But there has to be a point where you make it known that you're not together. I right. If my husband got up on Christmas morning and was like, oh, I'm going to unwrap gifts over there, I'd be like, well, your divorce papers will be on the table when you get back. Yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of these stepmoms don't even go. They're not invited. It's I'm going to buy a mom's and I'll be back whenever. Yeah, no. Um, no my rule no. is if I'm not invited, my husband isn't invited. There you go. Crack that whip, girl. Like, ugh. Yeah. And I know um, it's really good that you and Bio Mom get along. And I know um, 
David's ex and I have maybe said 15 words to each other in 10 years. And that's okay with me. It does not bother me at all. Um, She doesn't care for me. I don't care for her. But like you said, not everybody likes everybody. Again, I think it's easy. It's more important to me because my stepdaughter is four and we also have a 50-50. Like we see her often. And I think it's just easier for us to all get along really than it was to hate each other. Because there was a time where we just did not talk. We did not like each other. And it was just like, for what? Like, uh, bio mom and I actually have a lot in common. People say we even look alike. I've even been to a bar crawl with her. Like we've done a lot together. And, but like in the middle of the bar crawl and now there's just a time we just did not like each other. And it was because we were listening to everyone in this stupid little town, you know, running their mouths and Mm -hmm. starting so much, so much more problems than there needed to be. Yeah, the last thing that a step family needs is outsiders throwing crap in the middle of them. And outsiders love throwing crap at blended families. Like, we don't have enough going on. We need these people, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, let's take your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they matter to us. No, they don't. <laughs> Not at all. We don't live in a really small town or anything, but I had the issue of the in-laws. Um, the sister-in-law, the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, um, you know, they would ask the kids, so how's Lori treating you this week? Or, yeah. yeah, how are things going? And of course, when things were bad, all that did was fuel the fire. Mm-hmm. The kids might have been having a great day and be like, yeah, last week she whatever, or yesterday she did this. And, you know, I understand as a grandparent wanting to know how things are with the kids, But at the same time, maybe it's not best to ask. Maybe it's best to let them tell you if there's an issue. Yeah, I I don't understand why when there's like a blended family, why people suddenly think all etiquette goes out the window. Like Mm -hmm. if David and his ex were still together or those were your children, would those grandparents be asking, oh, how's your mom treating you? No, it doesn't any sense. I don't understand how it's like, Oh, someone gets a divorce and remarries, and now everyone has to be in this marriage. Like, I didn't remember you standing up there with me. That's right. You are so right. (laughs) Get out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, people say, well, you married their family too. No, I did not. No. I, um, my stepdaughter stood on the side. Well, actually, my husband was holding her when we got married, and we had we eloped and then we had a wedding reception and at the reception um i said vows to my stepdaughter but i still didn't marry her i just promised that i would treat her just like anyone else and love her the way i love her but it's like the three of us are all that matters like your opinion does not matter to me at all Un- unless i'm asking you don't open your mouth <laughs> right and right. No, and no one seems to understand that when it's a blended family. Well, and it's usually the people that are, have no idea what a blended family really consists of and the issues they have that are sitting there flapping off at the jaws. <laughs> Always. It's, uh, and a lot of times, like in our situation, it's like people who don't even have kids. So it's like, <laughs> how can you even tell me how you would handle this situation? Yeah, definitely. I love that. Well, you should do this and you should do that. Well, how did that work with your kid? Oh, I don't have any. (laughs) Oh, 
Got it. Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing too when people say, I love that stepkid like my own. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, how old are their or your kids? I don't have any. I, I'll be honest. I used to say I loved her like my own. And then I started thinking about having my own child. And I don't think I love her like my own, only because I don't know what it's like to have one as my own. That doesn't right. take away any of my love that I have for her. It just, like like you said earlier, it's just going to be a different kind of love. Mm-hmm. I also think that a lot of stepmoms like attack for that you're either attacked for saying it or you're attacked for not saying it. And I think like the same thing with, you know, people getting in your business and telling you what their opinion is, even though you don't care. The <laughs> same things with stepmoms is where they're constantly saying like, oh, you're doing this wrong. Like, no, they're just doing it the way that works for them. Like, relax, sweetie. Yeah, definitely. And it's I love David's little scenario of, you know, you could use the Waze app and I could use the Google Maps app and it could take us two different ways, but we both end up at the same place. It doesn't matter how we got there. Exactly. Yep. At the end of the day, as long as the kids are alive, we're, we're doing a good job. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, is things might change over time. Like my relationship with the stepkids now is awesome compared to what it was. And the first year wasn't bad. But I mean, we went through the phase of not bad to pure hell to things are pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it took a lot of work to get there, but I couldn't say that getting into this, that I knew what I was getting into either. Yeah, I definitely, I thought I I was like, oh, I'm an ours baby. Like I've been around this stuff my whole life. I got this. Nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had a um, podcast interview the other day with a lady that this was her second blended relationship. The first one, she said things were perfect. Absolutely perfect. The second one, horrible as far as, you know, with the stepkids. And um, I was like, well, that's interesting because even the age differences weren't enough to where that should have been the case. Yeah. It was just people are different. Yeah. It goes back to, you just have to remember that like, just because they're children doesn't mean they're not a person. They still have their own opinions and their own feelings. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that 10% of people will never like you like 10% of the people you meet. And that goes the same for people that you meet. There's 10% of people you won't like. Mine is probably a lot higher. It's probably (laughs) 50%. I probably don't like 50% of the people I meet. (laughs) Okay. Are you in a bad job or something? I'm not. That's the thing. I'm a a massage therapist, so I'm at a pretty good job. I just just hate people. The best part about my job is that usually they fall asleep. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm definitely going to go off on a tangent here. All right. Why do some massage therapists want to talk? Okay, so I have a spiel at the beginning where I say, I'm going to talk as much as you want to talk because I think it's so annoying when therapists talk to you. Right. You can't relax. Yeah. Some, they just, oh, I don't understand. Or like, have you ever had a massage therapist who talks about their problems the whole time? Yeah. It stresses you out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, well, this did nothing. Yeah. You feel like you're at the hair salon. (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually, I work, my massage room is in a hair salon. So that's probably why I hate people because they just, I'm constantly around the gossip of hair salons. Okay, now see, that makes sense now. We got to the root of that problem, Emily. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I was curious because a lot of times, I mean, I've been to different people for massages and some of them will talk, some of them won't. And um, some of them, even if you don't really respond, they'll just keep talking. Yeah, I've never understood that. Yeah, it depends on who it is, I guess. Um, if I seem to click with them, then yeah, I'm more than likely going to talk. But, yeah. you know, sometimes you just want to lay there. Yeah, I, I prefer you to just lay there. <laughs> Yeah, don't make me talk to you. I got another person coming after you, girl. If you're, if you're ever in Massachusetts, just come to my table and just lay there. Yeah, I, I won't say a word. <laughs> so do you um, do a lot with your stepdaughter, with your husband being a stay-at-home dad? Do you fix supper? Do you still make her take baths? I mean, what role do you play? I'm disengaged from potty training, uh, <laughs> but that's about it. I'm pretty active. Uh, I make dinner because if we didn't, we'd only have like SpaghettiOs and mac and cheese every night. Um, my husband's not the best. <laughs> um, I He, as a stay-at-home dad, he pretty much does the cleaning, the laundry, and he plays with her. So by the time, if I'm working a long day at work, she's exhausted by the time I get home because they had a Nerf gun war, WWE battle, all playing Barbies he's awesome or she's in the pool all day um and so my stepdaughter and I for the most part we will watch movies together I do bath time um I make dinner and and then on Sundays I don't work so we call that family day and we try to do like an activity with her or something oh that's good yeah so you discipline her if she does something wrong I'm to be honest my um my husband is the worst at discipline so i'm usually the disciplinary but i only step in after my husband has talked to her two times that's kind of like our rule like i'm the one to remind her that she needs to listen and when you do step in do you say your dad has told you twice and kind of put it back on him to where you're helping him yes she always knows that we've made this decision together He's either on the side of me or, or I will say like, you know, your dad already talked to you enough is enough. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know, um, you know, David's kids, I fully disengaged for about a year mm -hmm. and then I started reengaging slowly in certain areas. I've still completely disengaged in other areas because it's, it's not my business. Yeah. And Jackson, since he was so little, when David and I got married, David doesn't really nacho him or didn't nacho him as much up until recently mm -hmm. because when David's kids would left, Jackson would do something and David would say something to him and it would make me mad yeah. because I'm thinking, you never said anything to your four youngins jumping on the couch. Why are you going to say something to mine? And so, you know, it's like, okay, he's like, fine, I'll nacho your kid too. But he still helps me with him if I need help, you yeah. know, as far as can you help Jackson do this because I don't know how to do it or do you mind watching him while I run somewhere? Even though Jackson can stay by himself, if I'm going to leave him with David, I feel like I should ask. Yeah. And then now if Jackson and I are arguing about something, after a few minutes, David will come in there and say, it's enough. Your mama is trying to tell you something to do and you need to listen. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't bother me because David knows that if he doesn't interject at some point, that I'm liable to flip out. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's kind of the same way it is here. Like, my husband will just, enough is enough. Like, he needs a little backup. And then after that, it's as good as done. Mm -hmm. For the most part. I mean, she is four. but <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, we need that support. I don't need David to parent my son. But 
I really appreciate when he tries to de-escalate things that are getting out of control. Yeah. And like you said, um, when you leave, you still ask David. Um, my husband always asks, like, for instance, this is a pretty, this is a recent example. Next weekend is my husband's Saturday, but he has a bachelor party and I was supposed to go to the bachelorette. But I said, oh, you know, you go to the bachelor party. You have fun. Like he's a stay at home dad. He needs more fun than I do. And he was, and he said, well, you know, my, his daughter is going to be there. And I said, it's fine. I can watch her. Like I'm able to watch her. And he said, okay, well, I'm not just going to assume it's not your child. Yes. And and I think sometimes it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I'm going to do it. But there are other days where I really do appreciate that. Like, you know, you're right. That is your child. And if I don't, if I'm not, you know, in this right mindset to be a parent that day, I do like that I get an out. Right. Well, even if you don't get an out, it's kind of like if you have people over and y'all decide to order pizza because you're hungry, you want that person to offer to pay whether you're going to take it or not. Exactly. Yeah. And I was reading uh, something in one of the Facebook groups. I think it was the Nacho group. And everybody was like, what? He asked to ask you to watch his kid while he runs to the store? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's common courtesy. And the ones that don't and just take off, well, God forbid, if you don't know where the kid is and the house catches on fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know how many kids to get out because, you know, Billy Bob done took off and went gallivanting <laughs> and left Bobby Sue at the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that your husband does that. And um, because I do, I think that's a respect thing. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, and then it's like, I don't know, it almost feels better when it's, I feel more comfortable, I guess, if I say, you, if I'm the one who's saying, you know what? Yeah, actually, it is okay if I'm with her today or or it's okay if I watch her. And then, I don't know, it just, it feels less like trapped, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's appreciated, not expected. Mm-hmm. If we expect things, we don't appreciate them. Exactly. And I was thinking as we were talking, and I'm like, you know, even if we had an hour's kid, I would probably ask David, do you mind watching whatever the kid's name would be while I run to the grocery store? Maybe that's a motherly kind of thing. I don't know. No, because I said that to my husband. I said, well, what if we had a child of our own? Would you still be asking me this question? And he said, yes. I would just expect you to say yes. He was like, but now... Because it's not your child and I ask you, I don't, I hope you say yes, but I'm not going to expect it. Right. So. Right. Well, you know, a lot of um, bio dads marry some, a stepmom and they expect her to play mom in all ways, shape and fashions. And that includes, I'm not going to ask you to watch my kid because you married me and you knew they were part of the package or whatever. And, um, that's just not fair. And we see it all the time that women don't tend to do that as much as men. Yeah, I I believe that. Yeah. It's like women still feel like they need to take care of their own kids more so than the men do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's good that your husband recognizes those things that will definitely make your blend easier. Yeah. And I appreciate it so much, like more than I ever could describe to him, honestly. Yeah. You and high conflict by a mom. 
y'all were having those issues, who was the one that kind of broke the ice and said, look, let's talk? I don't think either of us. I think um, we were kind of the people who, you know, I was doing a lot of the communicating and we had a group chat and I think I wasn't letting my husband communicate to her. I wasn't letting him be a dad. And I think she was over it as she should be. You know, she, um, she did say, you know, I had this child with uh, my husband, not you. And at the time I was like, yeah, I know, blah, blah, blah. And I think I was a jerk. And then we just stopped talking. We, none of us, neither of us said sorry or anything. Um, and then it was like a couple months later that I think I reached out and texted her, just said, just saying like something, probably something about dance or whatever. And then the next time we saw each other, we were just fine. I yeah. think it was just fine. I don't, I mean, obviously I don't know how she feels, but for me, from me, from my perspective, it seemed like now that, you know, my husband stepped up to the plate again and is being the active dad that he needed to be she respects me more. And I also think what helped was we got married. I think at first she just saw me as, you know, they're not going to last. It's she'll be gone in a couple months. And then we got married and it was like, I'm here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I know. She also, um, she had a bad relationship with a stepmom. So I, so I try to put myself in her shoes and try to try to think, you know, like, she definitely didn't deserve or she probably came in expecting the worst. So I could see why a guard would be up. So was she a stepkid and had a bad experience with a stepmom or yes. with her daughter? Okay. With it, yeah, her own stepmom. Like the evil stepmom? Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, I don't, I never met her. Yeah. So. That that's hard. It's um mm-hmm. We definitely get a bad rap sometimes, but I can see why. I really can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I came in trying to control everything, and to the kids, I was like a drill sergeant. <laughs> Thankfully, I was able to step back and not be that way because it wasn't healthy for any of us. It wasn't healthy for me, my son, his kids, him, our relationship. And by me stepping back and, like you said, kind of letting them take the lead once I started reengaging. Um, to where our relationship would go, things just went so much smoother. And I think a lot of stepmoms, if they wouldn't come in trying to take control of everything, it would be easier. Yeah. I say all the time that you can't care more than the bio parents do. And I just, like I said before, we both came from different, different worlds, really. They were both raised on different morals than I was. And I thought of them as crappy parents because they didn't believe what I believed. When in reality, if I just would have shut my mouth and stopped caring more than them, there would be so much less stress. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I disengaged from potty training because like I had this whole plan, like this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do, you know, on Pinterest when it's like, get it done in three days. I was like, here <laughs> we go, guys. This is what we're going to do. And my my stepdaughter's mom and my husband wanted to do more child-led potty training. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was the only one angry. Not, they weren't angry. They were probably looking at me like, she's stupid. We told her what we wanted to do and she just isn't listening. And mm-hmm. 
And and obviously my stepdaughter thought I was stupid because she's like, that's not what my parents told me to do. <laughs> so when I finally just stepped back and like I said, stopped caring more than they did, uh, you know, I'm not mad at bio mom. I'm not mad at my husband. I'm not mad at my stepdaughter and she's potty trained for the most part. So, yeah. And that's funny. You say that about not caring more than the bio parents. That's one of the nacho kids top 10 rules. Yeah. You, you, well, you know, and I want to clarify, you can care more than the bio parents, but you are just looking for disaster. Exactly. And like, every time I say this, I feel like, um, someone would be like, Oh, well, if, if her needs are being met, like, I'm not talking about basic childcare, you know, like if the other parent doesn't care for them to eat their, I don't know, vegetables, then yeah, step up to the plate and cook some veggies. But, you know, when it's like things like potty training or, you know, other things like that, where they're not going to die, then stop caring. Mm -hmm. Take a step back. Yeah. And it's not that you don't care, but you're letting go of something you cannot control. Yep. And biting your tongue. Here it is again. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you brought up about the veggies because, um, I see this all the time where the stepmom wants the kids to eat healthy and the bio dad doesn't really care. So it's a whole dinner struggle. Mm -hmm. And the stepmom's like, you shouldn't let them get up unless they eat their broccoli. And the dad's like, I don't care if they eat broccoli. Well, you know what? Make enough broccoli for you, honey, because you're the only one that's going to eat it. Yeah. And it was funny. I felt like that for a while. I was like, I'm trying to get this kid to eat healthy And, um, my husband is a snacker. Like he doesn't really like full meals. He only likes little snacks. And my stepdaughter is the same exact way. And it would just drive me nuts. (laughs) And instead of, you know, saying that's probably just who she might be as a person again, you know, she's a human too. I was just freaking out about it. And then we go to her pediatrician for like a checkup and they say, Oh, that's fine. As long as she's eating something. Yes. Like what? I lost how many nights of sleep for this? For nothing. Yeah. And how many fights did you and your significant other have about that? Uh, Countless. Mm -hmm. All for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not the parent. Mm -hmm. And you trying to enforce something that the bio parent doesn't really care to is only going to cause issues between you and the kid and you and the bio parent. And even you and the other bio parent. Yeah. And I... And when things like that happen, I think the thing that helps me most kind of refocus is there's like, I think the statistic is like 70 something percent of second marriages fail. It's like we have all this against us. Why are you adding vegetables to the list? (laughs) Like (laughs) vegetables should not be your downfall. (laughs) Yeah. I think the um, last report that I found was like 72%. Yeah, it's something high. Yeah, which when I read further into it, they don't even know if that's the real number because it's not tracked. It's not, um, you know, when you go to the doctor, it says married, divorced, whatever. It don't say blended. (laughs) True. And then, you know, you think, okay, well, of those 72 that are failing, they're going to end up in another blended relationship. So, I mean, pretty much the whole world's going to be blended soon. (laughs) Yeah. Or trying to blend. One big blended mess. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I remember with um, David's kids, it was a big thing to, you know, remind them to brush their teeth. And I would say, you know, did you brush your teeth? Yeah, well, of course. 
you don't believe kids sometimes. And especially if you're your stepkids, you wanted to go in there and check and oh, the toothbrush is dry. So they lied to you. Yeah. All right. So here I am telling them to go brush their teeth. Not their dad. I'm telling them. They don't want to listen to me. They're lying to me about it because I asked them about it. And it just becomes one big fight. Mm-hmm. Well, with me stepping back, David could go tell them to brush their teeth. If he wanted to go check and see if they lied about doing it, that was his choice. Yeah. And a lot of stepmoms will go, well, no, because if they end up with cavities, we have to pay 50% and that's part my money too. Well. Yeah, that's that's a whole different of. Yeah, fight that battle, honey. (laughs) Some some women are way too financially into their stepkids as well. More power to them. Yeah. You know, that's one thing with me and David. Um, Not that I wasn't aware how much four kids cost versus my one. Mm -hmm. But I never looked at it as, oh, well, we can't go do that when your kids are here because it's too expensive or something like that. I never really looked at it. as an issue, it was just, it was what it was. And I hate that phrase. It is what it is, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it is true. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I have, um, separate bank accounts. So, I mean, obviously he's disabled and I'm working more. I make more of the money, but for the most part, if my stepdaughter needs it, it's coming from his money because I did not make that baby. So yeah. No, granted, you. I'm sure you have no qualms whatsoever. If you're shopping, you see something cute, you buy it. Oh, exactly. All the time. But like they're court ordered to pay 50% of um, extracurriculars. So her extra, her dance, her swim lessons, all that, that's coming from him. The cute dance clothes, that's coming from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you, girl. Those are some cute dance clothes. <laughs> so cute. So expensive, but so cute. <laughs> Sell them after she grows out of them. I, I know. I have to, I'm going to have to make one of those apps where people just sell everything. Yeah. I think there's, um, I mean, there's several, but I, we have good luck selling stuff on Facebook marketplace too. You see some crazy stuff people put on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> yeah, it's not as bad as Craigslist got though. That's that is true. <laughs> that was a scary place. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I guess Facebook maybe seems a little safer because you can see the person's profile. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I haven't seen any kids for sale or stepkids for sale on Facebook yet, so that's, that's- probably. That's shocking. I know. (laughs) It's definitely shocking. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Um, What is your best advice that you would give somebody that's getting into a blended family? Straight off the bat, you know, they've met a guy that's got kids. Um, Let's say the kids range from age of 2 to 12. So there's a two-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 12-year-old or something like that. You know, there's a baby that they'll probably bond with easier. Mm-hmm. And then there's a teenage kid that, you know, good luck to them. But <laughs> what, what advice would you tell them straight off the bat? Straight off the bat, I would say recognize early on when it's your time to step up and when it's your time to step back. That's a good and that's, one. And that's it. And I would say, in addition to that, recognize it by going off of cues from your significant other and the kid. It's, yeah, especially the kid. I feel like the, the children are going to tell you way more than you need to because your partner, 
is probably rooting for it. And sometimes they're rooting for it as way harder than you even are. Mm-hmm. And usually the bio parent doesn't even want you around. So don't even look at them. This, I just think just take what um, your future stepchild is telling you. If they want you around, you'll be around. If they don't, you don't. Exactly. So, for instance, your friend is getting ready to date this guy. She met this guy, and he's got a couple of kids. What would be a red flag to you that she needs to not get involved with that? I think the biggest thing that if you, if I had a friend getting into a relationship, I would pretty much just ask her, are you okay with being second choice? Because there's a lot of times in this blended family thing that you're not going to come first. And it's not because they don't love you. It's not because you're not important. There's just more important things that need to be taken care of, whether it's they need extra money for court, their kid needs them more than you need them. You know, there. when my husband and I first started dating, we barely saw each other. Most of our dates were on FaceTime because he had his daughter all the time and he wasn't ready for me to meet her. Mm-hmm. And so I think, that was hard because you know I was 20 years old and like we talked about earlier in this day and age like if you're dating someone you're with them 24 7 and a lot of our relationship we weren't together Mm -hmm. you know we did a video or a course in the academy about feeling like you're second Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people stepmoms will feel like that they're second because of the bio mom you know well if bio mom calls and wants to drop the kid off, then our plans have to change. Or if bio mom needs money, then my husband has to give her some. And so they look at it as being second to the first wife or whatever she was, the bio mom. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the kids, I've seen it where, and I'm sure you've seen it too, where stepmoms will be like, I just hate that I don't have any alone time with him because when she's here, she's all over him or he's, you know, doesn't really pay me much attention for the love of Pete people, they're their kids. Yeah. And my husband and I from day one have had a rule that my stepdaughter, unless she's like sick or even that, she does not sleep with us because when she goes to bed, that's our alone time. If that's our only alone time for, you know, a month or whatever, at least we still got it. Right. Right. And I just, um, I don't know, maybe I'm a little more independent or something because, you know, if when David's kids were here, if they wanted to play video games all day and David play with them, I did not care. I don't, I don't, I cannot, that's a thing. Like if you're going to get into a relationship with someone who has kids, you need to recognize that those kids aren't just there for the cute pictures or the Christmas cards. They're there like everywhere in between. Right. And I look at it like this. If they didn't put their kids first, would you really want to be with them? (laughs) Exactly. I feel like some of these guys are damned if they do, damned if they don't. (laughs) Yep, you're right with that. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guys. (laughs) And that's something that I think people tend to forget is it's hard on everybody in the blend. If you're struggling, then your significant other is going to be struggling. And so is the kid because if you come in all grumpy, it's not going to make everybody else happy. Exactly. You know, we all have an impact. And I love that you say that kids are people too, or they're humans too. I mean, we could debate that sometimes, but (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Some of them, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, l- let me interview you in about, let's see, how old she's four now? Let's see. <laughs> okay, in eight years, so in 2027, you're going to be on this podcast. <laughs> I'll mark my calendar. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and put me down, girl. <laughs> same back time, same back channel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's, it will definitely be interesting to see what you go through with you coming into her life so young. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited and mortified at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, we and, shall see. And you want to have kids, right? I do. Well, hopefully you'll have an hours baby to add into that. Hopefully. We'll see. And then you can tell us those struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, girl, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything on that one. <laughs> At least you didn't say, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so very much for taking time to be a guest on our podcast. Thank you for and having me. It's been great, and you enjoy that little girl and her sassiness while you can. (laughs) Thank you very much. Because I have a feeling if you have a little girl, you ain't seen sassy in that little stepdaughter. Probably not. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) I can see it now. Your your kid going to daycare, and they'll be like, I just don't like people. (laughs) You know, I always say um, I have friends who – you know, our bio moms and their second child is always the worst. They're just crazy. And I keep saying like, I'm going to get the short end of the stick because this is my husband's second child. So it's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at it like this. Cause I thought about this with my son, like the first time that his dad took him to the beach. Mm-hmm. It may not have been my first time taking him to the beach when I took him, but it was my first time experiencing that with him. Exactly. And I know a lot of women, they feel like you do, you know, if you do have your own child that, oh, it's not going to be the same. He's already got one. He's already been through this whole pregnancy thing. And, but it's not, it's different. It's different. I did. I will say I did make the rule that when I'm pregnant, I don't ever want to hear, oh, well, when so-and-so was pregnant, this is what we did. Like, shut up. Yes. Yes. That I don't even know what makes them think that's okay to say. Yeah. I. Well, they're men. They they say dumb stuff all the time. Yeah, that's true. But we love them for some reason. For some crazy reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, we did sign up for this. <laughs> Unfortunately, some days. Yeah, definitely. Um, somebody will say in the nacho group, they'll be like, I'm going to nacho my husband. And somebody will be like, you can't nacho your husband. I'm like, shoot, I do it all the time. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> David getting his little annoying picky moods and I'm just not in the mood for it. Girl, I will go pile up into bed and watch live PD now. It used to be House Hunters <laughs> International. Now it's live PD. <laughs> it's a good switch. Yeah, it is. And see, David won't watch live PD because he used to be a cop and he gets mad because he's like, oh my God, did you see how long it took them to put those handcuffs on them? Or they should have <laughs> them out or, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I, I can't watch it with him. I hear too much commentary. <laughs> I love it. Yep. All right. You know, I'll talk forever. So I'm going to uh, end this and thank you again. And I'm sure we will talk soon. All right. I'll see you next time. Emily was a trip. I'm sorry that you couldn't be here, David, for that. <laughs> you don't sound very sincere about that. Apology. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs>
Okay, let me try again. David, I'm so sorry that you weren't able to participate in the interview with Emily because she was a trip. Okay. That sounds better. <laughs> you don't sound like you care. I don't. Okay, then. <laughs> Actually, I do. Mm-hmm. But I, just, I can't show my hand. You know, Emily brought up a good point that a lot of stepmoms get wrapped up in being the stepmom and they forget who they are and then they reach a breaking point. Mm-hmm. It's very common. Same as overstepping in the stepmom role. Very common. Yep. It's because the word mom is in there. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember, and this is one thing that we try to teach in the Facebook group, and one thing we definitely teach in the Nacho Kids Academy, the bio parent or the dad cannot parent if you won't let them. Mm-hmm. You've got to give them that 30-second delay for them to realize what's going on, because that's what men require. We're going to have a whole podcast on on your misconception of that. Uh, you see me cut my eyes at you? Yeah. Yeah. It's because true. It's true. It's true, but. But, okay, that's all I need to know is it was true. It's true because, and there's scientific proof to this. Oh, law. <laughs> because when you take time to process what is happening and formulate your response, then you are much more likely to accurately deal with an issue versus just popping off at the mouth. Excuse me? <clears throat> Are you not, accusing us? Not that I'm talking about you. Or our women listeners. Look, I've never been married to other women listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, little miss, everything has to have a response in a half a second. <laughs> you talking about me? I am, yes, talking about you. I'm fast-paced. I don't. You're not fast-paced. I, I don't. Oh, you just pop off in the mouth. There's a reason I don't play golf. It's too slow. There's a reason I don't like to play Monopoly. It's too slow. There's a reason that I don't like to have conversations with men because it's too slow. I'm hoping there's other reasons you don't want to have conversations with men. <laughs> well, that's one of them. So that's I the reason you like us. Now I understand why you like me. It's because I was so fast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I apologize. I'm going to have to start putting a disclaimer on the ones that you are involved in. Uh, Another thing Emily brought up was letting the stepkid lead the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. Yep. You know, when I started reengaging, there were times that I would start reengaging, then I would back up because I realized I wasn't ready. But then there were also times that I backed up because I saw that the kids weren't receptive to it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to. You got to take your time and not give you a half a second response to everything. <laughs> Y'all want me to shoot him with the Nerf gun again? <laughs> I will. It's just amazing how Oops, that Show works. of hands. Show of hands. How many people want me to shoot him with the Nerf gun? <laughs> Woohoo, David, another million people want me to shoot you with that Nerf gun. <laughs> All right. Don't get off topic. Okay. Well, I do want to remind people um, that you and I are going to be guest speakers. I guess we'll be guest speakers. There's other speakers. Do you qualify some way to be a guest speaker or is everybody a guest speaker? I guess everybody would be a guest speaker since you were asked to be a guest in your speaking. Okay. You and I are going to be guest speakers at the Stepmoms Alive Retreat in Austin, Texas, January the 17th through the 20th. So I'm going to be in a room full of stepmoms. No, I don't think they're going to let you be in. I don't know how she's going to do that. I know you're going to be on the men's panel. And probably you and I will be up there. Now, wait a minute. This is a men's panel. I don't know. Is that like a Duncan booth and y'all just calling it a men's panel? I, I can't tell you. 
<laughs> but you just gave of, me a great idea. That's kind of scary. Melanie, if you're listening to this, write that down. <laughs> There's going to be a men's panel, air quotes here, men's panel mm-hmm. at a stepmom conference. That sounds a little bit fishy. <laughs> well, I'm sure that when you and I aren't speaking, she's not going to want you sitting in there with a bunch of women and listening to other speakers. So you'll have to just go shopping and buy me something. <laughs> why are you laughing? Yeah. So why can't I be in there with everybody else? Because, David, you are a distraction. Because I'll be the only male in the room? I don't know where her husband's going to be, but you're a distraction. How am I a distraction? People that listen to the podcast can tell you, you are a distraction. I know what it is. Oh. You don't want me in the room if you're talking on the stage. Well, I've already told you that. I know. Yeah. But if but if you're not talking on the stage, you're sitting out there with me, right? No, because it's, women can't bond with a man in the room. Oh, this is a bonding thing. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So maybe you and the other men panelists, male panelists, can go shopping for your wives. Well, since when do guys get together and go shopping? January 17th through January 20th <laughs> in Austin, Texas. I'm sure we can find some manly thing to do. We'll be in Texas. We'll go find a, like a firing range or something and draw pictures of our step moms alive <laughs> people on there. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> thank you, Emily, for being a guest. And I think that we should end this right here before David gets out of control. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Do this Batman's thing. <laughs> Batman. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.